0: According to a recent survey, half of all Americans believe Mormonism is a Christian religion, while one-third think it is not. This has caused many to ask, are Mormons Christians? How do their beliefs compare with what Jesus and the Apostles taught in the Bible? My guests today are three prominent Mormons who have left the LDS Church and become Christians. First, Sandra Tanner, the great-great-granddaughter of Brigham Young, the second prophet of the Mormon Church. In
1: um, June of 1998, Gordon B. Hinckley, who was the president of the church at that time, uh, he said, the traditional Christ of whom they, meaning the Christians, speak, is not the Christ of whom I speak. Now, why isn't it the same Christ? Because the Christ of the Bible has eternally been God. He's never been less than He is today. And yet, Jesus of Mormonism uh, is one of a whole string of gods. His Father, Heavenly Father, had earned the right to become a god. Jesus had to earn the right to become a god. Jesus in Mormonism has not always been god. This is something he achieved. It is the goal of every Mormon man to someday achieve godhood the same as Jesus did, the same as Jesus' Father did.
0: Second, Dr. Lynn Wilder a tenured professor at Brigham Young University who authored more than 50 scholarly publications. She left her teaching position in 2008 after becoming a Christian. As a tenured professor at Brigham Young, okay, and and being a Mormon for 30 years, do you still believe that the Book of Mormon is the true Word of God?
2: I do not. There are contradictions all over their own scriptures. There are blatant contradictions between the Book of Mormon and the Doctrine and Covenants even. One says God is spirit and one says God has a body of flesh and bones. You can't have it both ways.
0: And third, Michael Wilder, Lynn's husband, who worked in the temple, was a member of the High Council and served in two bishoprics. Glenn Beck, Harry Reid, Steve Young, Mick Romney, Stephen Covey, and Orrin Hatch, they're all Mormons. Yes, okay? So, if I ask them the question, can you be a biblical Christian at the same time that you are a temple-attending Mormon, as one of those that gave the temple recommend, what would you answer? I would say with
3: my understanding of Christianity now is that, no, there's a huge conflict between being a biblical Christian and being a Mormon.
1: It's a totally different concept of who Jesus is, who man is who God is, how we fit in the universe, how we get right with God. In Mormonism, it all hinges on participation in the Mormon temple ritual. In Christianity, it all hinges on throwing ourselves on the mercy of God and claiming Christ as Savior.
0: We invite you to join us for this special edition of The John Ankerberg Show. Welcome to our program. We've got a great one for you today. We've got three tremendous guests, and you've already heard their credentials. And folks, we're glad that you're here right, and our program today is about comparing Christianity with Mormonism. I picked up the Book of Mormon when I was out in Los Angeles, and I found that uh, they're claiming, Mormonism, that they are the restored Christianity. They are the real Christianity, and the Christianity that I grew up in is false, corrupt, and it's an abomination. So, there's a challenge at that spot, and I want to pick up that challenge today, and I've got the best, all right? And I'm going to start with none other than the second prophet's great-great-granddaughter. It doesn't get any better than that, right? And you have written massive books, which we'll show the folks along the way here, Mormonism, Shadow of Reality, which is what, 587 pages, last count that I saw, and other books like that that just document, photocopy original Mormon documents, go through the things that the church has held in the, in the archives and so on, and you've put it all together, and you've got your own story. And What I want to start with is your story. You grew up in a Mormon home, surrounded by Mormons. Here's the great-great-granddaughter of the okay. second prophet of the Mormon church, and then something happened. What happened?
1: In Mormonism as a child, you grow up on hearing Joseph Smith's story that in 1820 he supposedly went out in the woods to pray, and asking God what church to join, and God supposedly told him all the churches were corrupt and that he was going to restore the true church through him. But in this first vision, he supposedly saw both God and Jesus as two separate beings, and from this Mormons take their view of God, which is very different than standard Christianity, because these are two gods. Not uh, Well, the Mormons would say they believe the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, but one in purpose. But they make them three separate individuals, total different entities. And so this is what I was raised to believe, that uh, Joseph had this truth revealed to him. Well, when I was in the eighth grade, a uh, Christian girl came up to me, this in Southern California, and she said, Sandra, I heard you are Mormon. And I said, yes. And she said, well, tell me what the Mormons believe about God. So I was trying to think, how do I explain this to her? because I knew it was very different than what she would believe. And so I said to her a phrase that I had been taught that was uh, coined by one of the Mormon apostles, as man is, God once was. As God is, man may become. And she looked at me horrified and she said, Sandra, that's blasphemy, and walked away. And there I stood, you know, trying Oh, you know, sounded good to me. I couldn't figure out why it was blasphemy. And it wasn't for years before I finally saw in the Bible that uh, Isaiah has it right there very plainly, Isaiah 43, 10, and 11, that there's only the one God, none before Him, none after. Then you go on to 44, uh, what is it, verse 8, that God doesn't even know of any other gods. And so as I was um, challenged by different people, especially when I started dating my future husband, Gerald, he was coming out of Mormonism and he started telling me, Christianity is different than what you've heard in Mormonism and the Mormon scriptures are different than what the Bible says. And one of the things we spent time discussing was the nature of God, which is totally different in Mormonism. They make it sound like they believe the same, but it isn't. It's a very different concept.
0: Let me give you a quote that stood out to me, and I want to put this up on the screen for folks that you can look at. Joseph Smith said this, God Himself was once as we are now, and is an exalted man, and sits enthroned in yonder heaven. I'm going to tell you how God came to be God. We have imagined and supposed that God was God from all eternity. I will refute that idea and take away the veil so that you may see He was once a man like us, and you have got to learn how to be gods yourselves. Dissect that a little bit for us.
1: In Mormonism, they have what they refer to as the plan of eternal progression. And in this plan, they believe that uh, everyone has the potential to, every man has the potential to become a God just like Heavenly Father, that we're all the same species. And so at one time, they would say God was a human who lived on some other world system, which would have had a different God over it, and he would have gone through a mortal life, going to work, uh, had a job, married, and then died, went to heaven, and we don't know how long it takes, but after he went through the school of whatever you have to learn, he was declared a god and then he was able to go off and start his own world to populate it with his spirit children who then have the same potential eventually to become a god just like him. So you have this progression of uh, every god's got a mom and dad and grandma and grandpa and every child of god has the potential to progress on to godhood. now for this Mormon male, uh, the Mormon woman uh, is a helpmeet to her husband, but he is the, the hope to become a god of his own world.
0: Yeah, Joseph Fielding Smith, one of the LDS presidents, said, "Our Father in heaven, according to the prophet, had a father, and since there had be, has been a condition of this kind through all eternity, each father had a father. So you have gods going back all through time. How many gods are out there?
1: Well, they don't know. It's an infinite regression of gods. Every god." Well, it wouldn't just be that he had a mom and dad and a grandma and grandpa that were gods. He would have brothers that would have become gods. So this is a, a, a huge, uh, infinite number of potential gods out there in the universe. So when you bring up a thing like a verses in Isaiah about there being only one God, a Mormon will often respond, well, that's for this world. But that's where you come back to Isaiah 44.8. God doesn't know of any other gods. If He doesn't know of any other gods, there can't Mm -hmm. be any out there. He'd have to know He had a mom and dad that were gods of some other world.
0: Now, you said at uh, one of your writings that by the year 1844, Joseph Smith had completely disregarded the teachings of the Book of Mormon concerning God. Why? Yes,
1: one one of the problems uh, when Gerald and I were studying our way out of Mormonism was in studying the Book of Mormon, we realized it taught differently than Joseph's later writings. And he seems to have started out with the idea of one God, and then as the years went by, he starts separating out the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost into separate beings until finally in the 1840s in his last sermons, he started teaching this idea that, God was once a man, a man can become a God. So it's an evolving theology. So a Mormon missionary comes to your door. They want you to read the Book of Mormon and pray about it. And they give you the Book of Mormon to read because it's the closest thing to whatever Christianity you had been exposed to before. They don't give you their other books of Scripture to read and pray about because you would find plural gods and these different doctrines in those. So they start you out on the milk and then later bring in the meat. But through Joseph's life we can show that he had a progressive uh, changing of his doctrine of God.
0: Michael, you know, uh, Brigham Young once said, Man is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords in embryo. So, every man is God in embryo. Did you believe that? Uh, yes, we were
3: uh, actually taught that. It's interesting what Sanders is saying, and when we Join the LDS Church back in 1977, the missionaries do not get in these heavy doctrines about man becoming God. They keep it very simple. And a lot of times the missionaries may even not even know these concepts themselves, and they would deny it if you even would bring it up.
0: Let me put it on the board, and then I want you to comment. Brigham Young said this point blank, the Lord created you and me for the purpose of be- becoming gods like Himself. We Are Created to Become Gods Like Unto Our Father in Heaven, Journal of Discourses.
3: Yes, that is correct, and I did believe that. I did believe that I could progress to become a god, and that's what I was working for in this life.
0: Now, let me ask you this. You taught a lot of Mormons coming up, all right, with all of the authorities that you were given and all the jobs that you had. You were responsible for this doctrine. Did people know this stuff coming in? How long was it before they figured this out?
3: Well, again, when you join the Mormon Church, you're not taught any of these doctrines. And you only begin to get into this as you progress through the priesthood, as you become an uh, Aaronic priesthood holder, as you, become, you receive the Melchizedek priesthood. And according to your job and responsibilities, do you kind of understand the true doctrine of the LDS Church? Uh, once you go to the temple and become endowed, you receive additional knowledge and understanding.
0: Yeah. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I'm going to ask you folks is the Mormon Church just another Christian denomination? A lot of folks think it's just another Protestant church, all right? Is that true or not? We'll talk about that when we come right back.
4: You're listening to the John Ankerberg Show. If you would like to have today's show, It's available on audio CD or MP3 by calling our toll-free line at 1-800-805-3030. Just ask for offer R135. If you would like to have all three programs in this series, R-Mormons Christians, they are available as well. Just ask for offer R136. THAT NUMBER, AGAIN, IS 1-800-805-3030. THAT'S 1-800-805-3030.
0: All right, we're back. We're talking with Sandra Tanner, the great-great-granddaughter of Brigham Young, the second prophet of the Mormon Church. We're talking with Dr. Lynn Wilder and her husband, Michael Wilder. And I want to ask this question. It came up in a Pew study, a Pew poll, if you want where the question was asked, is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the Mormons, just another Christian denomination? According to the Pew Foundation just a few days ago, of the general population, about half, 51 percent think the Mormon religion is a Christian religion. Thirty-two percent say it's not. Here's an interesting, interesting thing about evangelical Protestants. Nearly half think Mormonism is not a Christian religion. One-third say they think that the Mormon religion is a Christian religion. Sandra, how would you answer that question? What did the prophet Joseph Smith say about Christianity?
1: Well, when Joseph Smith was a teenage boy, he uh, was attending different revival meetings. And these revival meetings were put on by the Baptists, Presbyterians, and Methodists and they are specifically named in his own story of his life. And he decided he needed to be a member of some church, so he claimed to go out in the woods to pray. Which church should he join? And then, supposedly, God and Jesus appeared to him, and he asked them, which church? And uh, so, this is the answer he got. He says, this is right in their, in their books of Scripture, mm-hmm. uh, official. I was answered that I must join none of them, For they were all wrong, and the personage who addressed me said that all their creeds were an abomination in his sight, and that those professors were all corrupt. And that's right in their Pearl of Great Price, one of their books of Scripture. And so we have the Mormons making the specific claim, all these other Protestant churches were an abomination before God. Not just a little wrong... They were an abomination before God, and he was to join none of them. God was about to do a great work, and Joseph Smith was going to start the true church. So in Mormonism, they are going door to door to tell you your church is not true. Now, they aren't going to directly say that. It's a a very carefully worded presentation, but the bottom line is none of your churches are right before God. None of your ministers have the authority to act in God's name, only the Mormon priesthood is recognized by God. Your baptism doesn't count. Your pastor's ordination doesn't count.
0: Only Mormons. Yeah, they've got the fullness of the gospel, which means they've got the only true gospel. Right, the only
1: true priesthood authority before God to act in His name.
0: Yeah, that is a (laughs) sweeping generalization of what Christianity is. It's basically false, wrong, abomination, corrupt. Okay, Uh, so let's come on over to the truth. Dr. Lynn Wilder, here you taught at Brigham Young, for many years. And the Mormon scriptures say, or I'll ask it in a question Do Mormons believe that God had a wife?
2: They do. First, let me address what we were talking about a minute ago. It really is a different gospel. Mormons believe in a Mormon gospel, and Christians believe in a Christian gospel. And we hope to help folks understand that those are two different animals. And so, they can't be the same. This one's here and this one's here. Um, did God have a wife? Yes, Mormons believe that God have a, had a wife. When I was at Brigham Young University, there were a couple of members of the Twelve Apostles who were on the Board of Trustees. One of them at the time was Ballard. He's currently a member of the Twelve Apostles. This is what he had to say about... God's wife. For as we have a father in heaven, so also we have a mother there, a glorified, exalted, and nobled mother. Twenty-one years ago, um, Gordon B. Hinckley was also a member of the Twelve. He later became our prophet, the Mormon prophet. Reasoned, this is what he said in general conference. Logic and reason would certainly suggest that if we have a father in heaven, we have a mother in heaven. Now, Mormons don't teach this necessarily openly. There are a number of doctrines in Mormonism that the missionaries don't tell you on the doorstep, but once you've been in Mormonism for a while, you do learn, and this is one of them.
0: Sandra, why do you need a goddess in heaven, you have God the Father, you have Heavenly Mother, and you've got celestial sex, there is a whole difference in thinking here. What is the purpose for this? Because that's that's the solid idea of what it is.
1: Well, their whole idea of eternal progression is that men are the same species as God, and they're in this uh, training mode to go from human to deity. And in order to achieve deity, it requires a marriage of having at least one wife. That's why they have their temples, so that they can be married for eternity. And uh, so God has to have a wife to procreate all the spirits for His world. Every Mormon man has to be married in order to reach the highest level to become a god. It requires a husband and a wife.
0: Did Brigham Young, Michael? say that Christians are true Christians? Oh,
3: Brigham Young had a hard time with Christians. He did not believe they were righteous at all. In fact, he stated this, he says, with regard to true theology, a more ignorant people never lived in the present so-called Christian world. And um, he said this in the Journal of Discourses. And so, there's a lot of contention between what he taught uh, uh, about Mormonism in relationship to Christianity. Christianity was a teaching of false doctrine. Again, in Doctrine and Covenants, in our current scriptures today, Doctrine and Covenants uh, 130, um, section 1, verse 30, it states that, this is Jesus speaking to Joseph Smith, saying that the only true and living church upon the face of the earth today is the Mormon church.
0: Let's compare things. Is the God of Mormonism the God of Christianity? No. There are different gods. How so?
1: In Mormonism every God, and there's millions of them, every God has had to go through an earth process of being a human at one time before he became a God. So our Heavenly Father has not always been God according to Mormonism. And the Mormon man is supposedly the same species as Heavenly Father with the same potential. Every man has the potential, if he's faithful Mormon, to progress to the position of a God. So when they speak of… gaining eternal life, they redefine the word eternal life. Eternal life now means Godhood.
0: What is the list that you had to do, that you were trying to do, that the Mormon Church told you, you need, you must do these works yourself to get to Godhood?
1: In the requirements to get to eternal life, which is different than being saved, you would have to be fully active in the Mormon Church. That full activity is more than just going to church on Sunday. It means taking all the jobs they would assign you. If someone says, we want you to teach Sunday school, you do that. But it's beyond all of those things. It's that you have to also be active in the temple ritual. An active Mormon would go regularly to the temple, but you have to participate in everything in Mormonism. You have to be a full tithe payer. You have to keep their health code, which means no tea, coffee, alcohol, And uh, so, it's a whole list of participation in the church and a certain standard of living, uh, doing everything you're asked in the church to do in order to hope that you can qualify for eternal life. You ask a Mormon, if you died today, would you know that you would have eternal life? Most Mormons will say, well, I hope so, but I'm not really sure. Because uh, who can say I've done everything that's required of me?
0: Michael, you're a Mormon for 30 years, how hard was it to come out?
3: It is hard because you have to stand in front of the mirror and look in the mirror and say, I've been wrong for 30 years. I taught my children incorrect principles for 30 years. As I studied the Bible, I realize that I can't earn anything that grace is a gift. And when you start taking Jesus plus, you start running into a problem. The fact that I thought that I could earn my salvation and then Jesus would kick in the rest of it, is still blasphemy.
0: Yep, I think of the verse, it's not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us. All right, now next week we're going to ask our guests a very important question. If I was to ask Glenn Beck, Harry Reid, Steve Young, Mitt Romney, Stephen Covey, or Orrin Hatch were all Mormons. This question, can you be a temple-attending Mormon and a biblical Christian at the same time? What would they say? And I'm going to ask Michael Wilder, who is responsible for giving out the Temple Recommends to Mormons, to tell us how these men would have to answer this question if they wanted to keep their temple recommend. I hope that you'll join us next week.
4: You're listening to The John Ankerberg Show. If you would like to have today's show, it's available on audio CD or MP3 by calling our toll-free line at 1-800-805-3030. Just ask for offer R135. If you would like to have all three programs in this series, R-Mormons Christians, they are available as well. Just ask for offer R136. That number again is 1-800-805-3030. That's 1-800-805-3030.
0: Thank you for joining us for this edition of The John Ankerberg Show. For more information, please contact us at 1-800-805-3030 or go online at www.johnankerberg.org right now.